You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. I just read the news and it makes me more and more anxious oh, every day. It winds you up. I mean, it looks like everything's going bad. Yeah, so stop listening to social media. Well, I could do that, but I need to read something else instead. Yeah, something solid. How about the Bible? Oh, what does God have to say? About anxiety? Oh, let's talk about that today more on More Than, than Ink. Yeah. Oh, we're glad you're back with us. This is More Than Ink. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that is... Well, it's on a lot of people's minds just because of the state of the nation. <laughs> and uh, and that topic is anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah, not like we don't have enough to be anxious about to start with, <laughs> just in our personal lives. But th- this will be a really good example for you. If you're not really familiar with using the Bible uh, to be reassured in times of anxiety and uncertainty, we're going we're gonna to do some exploration in that area because uh, God is very... Uh, straightforward about issues of anxiety and so uh, so let's just start talking about what anxiety is because there's there's one form of anxiety we're really not going to touch on and there's one we're going to touch on a lot on so why don't you help us separate those okay so what is anxiety it comes with a whole set of physical symptoms right the palpitating heart the gut wrenching right, the right. cold sweat the uh, feeling out of control shortness of breath all of those are physical symptoms and they're connected real physical symptoms and those are connected to our heart and our mind and our spirit but we are not going to address that medical condition that is now labeled anxiety right which has a real kind of physiological physiological root right right. Uh, but it is connected there is always a spiritual component to it but we're really not going to deal with that we're going to talk about that condition of the mind and the heart where we dwell that Right. Yeah, it's the stuff I talk about that if you, you know, if you go to bed at night and uh, you had a nice long day and, you, and your head hits the pillow and suddenly you just can't go to sleep because something is just right. bugging you. Right. And Because uh, my anxious thoughts are multiplying within me, as the right. psalm says. <laughs> That's right. And, and, you know, we're masters of being able to, uh, what, put together <clears throat> future fiction for how bad it could get. So, you know, we, we, that's what we want to talk about because that ends up, <clears throat> excuse me, that ends up troubling your soul tremendously. Well, and, and that future fiction, that's a great way to put it. We, we make stuff up, right? And I, exactly. I had a friend, I, I'm out of touch with her now, but many years ago she used to say, you know, we're just not smart enough to know really what to worry about. So why waste the energy? Because the stuff we imagine totally is true. so much worse totally than the reality. True. But we're much better. We're much better at coming up with what could go wrong than we are about what could go right. And it's. And I also think it's. It's an interesting insight is the fact that when you start fictionalizing about how bad it could be, you don't go to the mild bad. You go to the worst. Of course, bad. the worst scenario. Because because that takes you into an area of your life where you're out of control the most. I mean, you really have no control over that. So you suddenly start thinking about how bad it could be, and you think, yeah, that clearly outstrips my ability even with my foresight here laying on my pillow to do anything about it. So that's what drives your heart into this place that God says, you really don't want to go there and you don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. So 
in a real but sense, it's, it's, it is a normal part of human experience. It's a normal part to feel yeah. anxious. Everybody does at some time or other, in some yep. degree or other. So God's word speaks to it because He knows that that's going to we're going to have that emotion. Well, and He gave us brains to be able to to uh, look forward. Right. Also, you know, he said it's right for you. You don't want to start a project unless you count right. the cost for right. it. So we're able to actually plan ahead, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the fact that when you do plan ahead or you do look forward and you say, oh, my gosh, I don't have any assurances that I'm going to be alive after this catastrophe right. comes. Right. And so it, so it's that care. It's, it's not not having cares because we have cares, and there's nothing wrong with having cares and seeing that. And that's actually wise to have those cares. But, but as this word we're going to look at in Matthew 6 says, it's when your care is turning into a source of troubling. So when you're troubled with your cares rather than just, you know, normally handling your cares. So it, it goes an extra step beyond just using foresight and using care. It actually goes to, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. Well, and when we cultivate living in that condition of doom, yeah, right? And exactly. feeding those thoughts of, um, what if, what if, what if? Am I feeding myself on the what ifs yeah. and repeating to myself the most horrific scenario I can imagine? And then that becomes my perception of reality. Yeah, exactly. And Jesus says, don't, don't dwell there. Yeah, you don't, don't do that. Don't dwell. So let's, let's get some solid tips that Jesus wants to help us out with this kind of stuff because he really doesn't want us to be all twisted up with that kind of problem all the time. And uh, we mentioned in a previous show that I've been doing a lot of reading in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, what I call the hillside homily. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to go back there because he's very straightforward on this. There's there's one section in the Sermon on the Mount where he had, this is his topic. This is his topic. It's anxiety. And he says, don't be anxious about your life. So if you are anxious about your life and where things are going, let's sit down around the kitchen table here and let's just read what Jesus has to say about anxiety and we're talking about the kind of anxiety that comes from when you are so troubled about future cares that you just can't sleep at night. So what do you do with that? So let me just, you want to start reading off part of this? Do you have that there or do you uh, want me to? Well, go ahead and read it. Okay, I'll read it because I've got, I've got it in front of me. Yeah. So this is in Matthew 6, Sermon on the Mount, verse 25. Uh, I'm reading from the, from the uh, English Standard Version. So here we go. It's verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, don't be anxious about your life. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just stop that. Okay, so if he's going to tell you to stop that, I'm hoping he gives us some tips. Uh, and he actually does. So don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I mean, look at the birds of the air. So he gives us some good cases to say, okay, let's think about this. Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value them than them? And, of course, the answer is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he gives us another example. And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? Anybody? Anybody? Ferris Bueller style. Anyone? 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 And and why are you anxious about clothing? Now, before we keep going on the clothing, you got to realize clothing was the way you stayed alive during their time. Right. I mean, you're covering. Like, you're your covering. Protection. You're exposed. I mean, think about camping and not having a coat in the wintertime. So this is the this is the anxiety about clothing. So why are you, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven, that's how they used to prime oven since the time was burned grass. So if it's thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, 
don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Because the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And then he gives us a fascinating direction to go. <laughs> this is verse 33 of Matthew 6. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So that's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. So if you're suffering with anxiety, what is Jesus telling us? Where do we start here? Isn't it amazing? He just says, don't be. Don't be. Don't live there. Because in another place, he said, actually, in the Gospel of John, he said, you know, it, my words are spirit and life. The spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Your heavenly father knows you need these things. He designed your body with these needs. And he will take care of you. Yeah. So don't live there imagining what's going to happen if you are without something that you need. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it where we're going to go with this is that this this really does betray your sense of trust in God or your lack mm-hmm. of trust in God. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I'm when my head's on my pillow and I'm worrying about these anxious things that trouble me, the only person in the picture who can solve the problem is me. And that's why it causes right. me to be so troubled. Because I know I can't. Because it's <laughs> yeah. So I look at my own capacity and go, well, I can't do anything about that. And I think, well, okay, well, we're all going to die. And but but when you leave God out of that picture, you know, you're bound to be deeply troubled by the things that care for you. Okay, there's the key when you leave God out of the picture, right? right? Because the scripture says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, oh, right? Deal. That the, the, God is irrelevant. God's not yeah. in this picture. And we so frequently ask people in our conversations, you know, we listen to their tale of woe and then say, uh-huh. you know, so where is God so in this God? picture? Because yeah. you're thinking like a fool. You have backed God out of the equation. And right. so that's probably where we have to start as soon as we recognize we are feeding our anxiety. Right. And so we're not trusting God very clearly. I mean, yeah. if you're having that kind of anxiety, you're not trusting God. <clears throat> and so he actually goes in this passage, excuse me, <clears throat> Frog in the throat. So he goes in the passage and he gives us some very, some really straightforward examples. I mean, he talks about the birds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was thinking when I first read this, I thought, yeah, you know, I, I've never seen a bird build a little barn and store up <laughs> for the future. He seems to just stay alive based on what he gets every day. Mm-hmm. And, and God provides for him. And, and that seems to work. And same for the, you know, the lilies of the field and clothed. And, you know, it seems like there's this, there's, there's this intimate daily trusting that mm-hmm. these things can go through that we don't. And if God takes care of them, won't he more take care of us? I think it's a great argument. Yeah, but it speaks to our uh, our tendency to live in the future. Right. And God says, no, I want you to just live in today. I'm going to provide for you what you need for today. Now, I just spent three weeks in another country, in a country where uh, you don't have a very big fridge and you can only <laughs> fit in it what you need to eat today and you only buy what you can carry home These from European two blocks fridges. away. Most That's people right. don't know. And so that kind of was a, an interesting place for me to kind of recalibrate and go, oh, really? I have to just think about today's needs. I can walk to the market again tomorrow and bring home another bag of stuff. Yeah, so right. it, it kind of became a very current thought for me of dealing with what is my real need today in order to satisfy this 
rather than laying in two weeks of food. Right, which is the American <laughs> thing we do. And where right. we live, people right. actually have two years worth of food in their yeah, yeah, basement. Right. Right. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, when we go to the grocery store with big old cars, we can bring back two weeks right. of food. But right. when you're walking in Europe, right. you can't carry two right. weeks of but food. But the Lord Jesus says, you know, now don't be anxious about <clears throat> that because I'm going to give you what you need on a daily basis. Right, and I think that's that's another key thing right here is that God deliberately designed us to have daily needs. We have daily needs for food, daily needs for everything. We, we are not self-sufficient or self-generating or self-anything, self really. We, have, we are built physiologically to have needs every single day that have to be met. And that's deliberate on God's part. He didn't give us a camel's hump so we could eat food and then not have to eat for a month. Yeah, stuff. and we're actually going to talk about that in the next <laughs> in the program. Next yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so because we are daily needy, daily needy, God's doing this deliberately. to to. So we ask ourselves, do we realize that we're daily needy, maybe for more than just food? And that is what we're going to talk about next time. But So let's circle back to the seeking his righteousness, seeking yeah. the kingdom. Right, right. Seek first his kingdom and and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So Jesus is pointing out that your hunger is kind of messed up. Well, our hunger, our hunger is for something deeper than our daily right. stuff. We, but like that's we're getting ahead of ourselves because that's ourselves. really the next conversation. Yeah, we'll talk about that next time, yeah. What we probably need to talk about today is what is what am I sinking my deep roots into? Where right, am I drawing right. my first nourishment? from right because jesus said you know your heavenly father knows you need all these things do you trust him yeah so, so it becomes a, a battle of the mind a battle of what do i believe about god is he going to give me what i need exactly you know and i've, I've often used the idea of what if you had uh, what if you were in a family that had tremendous riches you know you had a super rich uncle and you know and the super rich uncle said you know if you're ever in need just let me know i can help you out you know, if I if I put my head to my pillow at night and I'm coming up against financial woes or different, you know, calamities that I see coming up on the horizon, I can always say, well, you know, Uncle Bill, he'll he'll bail me out. And then you go to sleep <laughs> because you have behind you this tremendous resource. I mean, this limitless resource that it's also said anytime you need anything, just call. OK, we need to talk about the limitless resource because right. uh, before we started recording today, we were talking a little bit about Jeremiah 17. Right. And and before I get into that, let me just say I came here the other day by means of a concordance search on right, the word right. anxiety, anxiety or anxious. And if you I would encourage you to do that because you're going to turn up not an unmanageable number of verses, but some incredibly worthwhile ones. So take your concordance and look up the words anxious and anxiety. And one of the passages you're going to come to is Jeremiah 17. And before we read that, I just want to say those passages you're going to turn up are going to fall basically into two categories. You're going to find a whole bunch of passages that are descriptive, that talk about the condition of anxiety and its effects on your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then you're going to find a whole bunch of passages that are prescriptive, that say, okay, if you have this condition, here's the antidote. And so um, that I would just encourage you, take your concordance and look up those two words, anxious and anxiety. Now, depending on your translation, you're going to turn up some different things and you might find a synonym of worry. Right, right, right. <laughs> 
But start there, start there, and just begin to read what the scripture says, because God knows we have this condition. He knows it occurs in all of us, and so he speaks to it. So now, let me let me read to you from Jeremiah 17. Let me just add, before oh, go ahead. do that, though, is it, we need to explain maybe slightly what a concordance is. Because, oh, okay. Because uh, we're realizing a lot of people might be total newbies here. A concordance is just basically a book that catalogs every single right. word in the book. <laughs> Right. Every and, every if, every everything, every single thing. And they're in alphabetical order. So Okay. And depending on what you're looking up, you might turn up thousands of references. Exactly. So what you exactly. really want to look up is those key words, the right. most important word that you're after. Right. So that that's one of the tools we'll actually use more later on. If you say, does the, does the Bible have anything to say about anxiety? Well, you go to the concordance and you look under A for anxiety and it'll tell you all the verses that that word is translated into English. So that's all right. it is. Yeah. Right. So do Jeremiah 17. What did okay. you find? So this is powerful, and we're going to come to the word anxious toward the end of what I'm reading. Jeremiah says in verse 17, verse 7 of chapter 17, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by the water that extends mm. its roots by a stream, and will not fear when the heat comes. Ah, And its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought or a whole season of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. So the question there is, what what is this tree rooted in? It's got Mm -hmm. this deep, deep taproot that sinks down below the daily weather occurrences. And Jeremiah says two things about this guy. He says... Uh, the one who trusts in the Lord. Well, that's a verb. That's an active thing that he's doing, placing his trust in the Lord. And whose trust is the Lord. Now that's a noun. Mm -hmm. That's like an estate. That's like a bank account. Like when you hold something in trust for someone, it's something that you're holding for a particular time. So So this idea of sinking a deep taproot into the inexhaustible resource of the water that God provides is what gives us the stability to stand and continue to bear fruit even in a whole season a season of drought drought. right right yeah and this picture has always been profound to me I I remember thinking uh, about apple trees in Washington State first time (laughs) when I moved to Washington State I you know you have famous apples and stuff like that and finally went to where most of the apples are grown in Washington State are right next to the Columbia River uh, almost all the apples are right next to the Columbia River. And they're down in most of the center of the state in this deep gorge that's in the desert. The center of the state's a desert. I mean, it really is a desert. And then you you look down from the top of the gorges and you look down to the river, the Columbia River, and there's this green strip that follows on both sides of the Columbia River for miles and miles and miles. And that's the famous Washington apples that look like they're growing on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and the reason it works is because those those trees have roots that go down that actually tap directly into the river. They don't rely on daily uh, daily water. So this is exactly what Jeremiah is talking about. And the, his area there is a, very much desert as well. And those everyone knows trees that are planted by rivers survive the worst circumstances because the river is always wet. Okay, so we need to circle back now to seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? What does that mean? That means that my primary source of nourishment, of water, the living water? water I need, is not coming from my daily circumstances. It's coming from that deeply rooted drawing on 
who God is and his provision and his purpose for which me. Which doesn't change in my circumstance. Which doesn't change in my circumstance. So right. Psalm ninety four nineteen says, When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, thy consolations delight my soul. Right? So there's there a shift go. there. When my anxious thoughts are multiplying, I'm where am I going to turn for the antidote to that? To right. God's consolations. And then let me just add to that. This is Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of a man weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. So, you know, the battle against anxiety is in the mind. What am I yes. feeding my mind All on? And those thoughts mind. are multiplying within me. Do I turn to the good, solid, foundational word of the one who created me and loves me? Or do I continue to feed on those anxious thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all a battle for the mind. I mean, when I'm having this problem on my pillow and I'm worrying about stuff, I have to consciously say, well, mind, it's time to stop dwelling on right. that. And let's go back and talk about this ever-flowing stream. And, you know, and I'm going to put my taproot down next to him and say, but God... Does God have this? It does, is, he, is he true to what his promises are to me? That's a really quick cognitive way to kind of switch gears and say, well, I can take my trust and I'll put it in the Lord and I'll stop trying to trust in me, which terrifies me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and stop feeding on the what ifs. The what ifs, Stop right. repeating it to yeah. myself and stop repeating it to everybody who will listen to my tale of woe. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot with people we talk to. You know, let me tell you how bad life is, they'll say, and... Uh, you go, well, okay, that's fine. But still, you know, where's God in all this? And have you considered his role in all of this? There's a good support verse too in Isaiah 26. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like this. So, so practical. Isaiah 26, three and four. And he says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you mm-hmm. because he trusts in you. So he says, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So even if your circumstances are shifting back and forth and threatening and not threatening. It doesn't affect him. He's an everlasting rock. So if you want to be in perfect peace, stay your mind on him and trust in him. Mm -hmm. And that that suddenly or sometimes means a a very conscious act of the will to turn my thoughts. And that leads us into the fearful stuff. Yes. messes up and our head. we don't like to think about the fact that we actually can apply a discipline to our minds many right. of us are just led willy-nilly by whatever thought pops into our mind well those thoughts can come from a lot of different sources right right but god's word is unchanging and we always have the option of abandoning that thought that has emerged in our mind from whatever from our last night's pizza or from somebody saying something terrifying to us uh, and, we can turn from that right to the foundation. And that's truth. not to say these aren't valid threats. No, they can that's true. Be. But the issue is, what are you going to dwell on? Right. What am and, I going to feed my mind? And is, it, is the future in your hands or is the future in God's <laughs> hands? That's the real big difference. That's how your care is turned into troubling cares mm-hmm. if you just place your trust in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So Philippians 4, are you going to read that? Oh, can I? I, yeah, I'll, you read it. I'll read I just it. read okay. it. Because Paul says the same things when he writes to Philippi. Uh, Philippians 4 verses, I'll read 6 and 7. So he says, don't be anxious about anything. <laughs> oh what? Well, that's real helpful. Don't be anxious about anything, but... Don't be so anxious he, about the dentist. So he, so he says, okay, but here's the deal. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Oh, shucks. Let your requests be made known to God. See, this is the trust part. And here's the result. And the peace of God, which Isaiah 26 talked about, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what do you do in everything? Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, take it to God and trust in him. That's why he says with thanksgiving as well, you need to actually pre-thank him for the answered prayer while you're praying for it. Okay, but he also goes on to give more information. He says, right. now finally, brethren, in verse eight, whatever. Here's, here's where he says, now, if you haven't got it yet, actively set your mind on these things. Whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good reputation, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell, dwell. On, on these, these things. things. Okay, a dwelling place is where you live. Right. It's where you come home to. So he says, you know, you're going to be subject to the passing attack of anxiety. But that's not where you live. Come back to where yeah. you dwell, you which really is wanna, in the goodness of God. Do you really want to dwell in that house that's on fire? <laughs> or you want to dwell in the house of God? Really? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, how many people do we talk to who are dwelling in their houses on fire? Right. Yeah. yeah. If your house is on fire, you run out of the house and you run to a place of safety. Well, the scripture is filled with the imagery of fleeing to a safe place. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we're getting close I on time it. here. We always I, open so many boxes. Can I we, read one more verse? Oh, please. Because this is great. Hebrews 4, 16, because cause God's, God's mm. waiting for you. He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So God's door is always open. His throne is always there. And we can confidently come to him and say, God, this thing is messing me up. I want to give it to you. And and you can come with confidence and find grace and mercy and, and help in time of need. Okay, and let me just follow that with the end of Psalm 139, which is oh, a way you great. can do that. Here's a prayer, and it's prayer of David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. This is verse 23 of Psalm 139. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, because sometimes we don't even know. Don't know. What's yeah. making us what's anxious. What's messing us up. See if there be any hurtful way in me, any painful way, anything that's producing this pain right, or that right. I am producing pain by and lead me in your everlasting way. Right, right. Yeah, it gets it gets down to the part that sometimes we don't even know what's messing with us. And so we can cultivate the discipline of turning yeah. our minds away from that thing that is causing us anxiety and resting it in the foundational truth of God's goodness and care for us. Because he does care for you and his love is infinite and his resources are infinite. So what are you doing worrying about the future? So we hope to see you next time on More Than Ink. Bye now. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword.